Welcome back, guys, to the You Are Not an Artist podcast. And today we have a very special episode because I am interviewing uh, Steve Boster. He likes to go by Steve, even though he's a uh, a retired physician of, of 30 years. So um, I came to visit him in his uh, studio here at the Chicken Farm Art Studios, um, very, very famous uh, art center here in San Angelo, Texas, in West Texas. And he's had the studio for about seven years, and I've known him since he first opened it up. And he's he's grown uh, in leaps and bounds as an as an artist, a wildlife artist. Even though he's a very accomplished portrait artist as well, and uh, I get into the interview and and we we talk about the creative process and we talk about uh, how um, you know how he's he's gone about teaching himself how to paint and some of his habits and you know and 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 things that go on behind the scenes as well on on the business side. So it's about a thirty minute interview. So you know if, if you have some time to listen to it, it's he's he's given away so much knowledge here and. Um, and freely, uh, which is is kind of the sentiment here in San Angelo with a lot of artists um, that they're willing to share their knowledge. But he does give away some really great little tips and secrets here. Uh, and there's also an accompanying video that I've put together uh, that's going to be on the Art Alliance uh, social media, uh, Instagram and Facebook, which is going to show his studio and the Chicken Farm Art Center. So we do uh, mentioned some of the things in his studio during the interview and he mentions you know some specific paintings which are going to be in the video as well so make sure you check that out follow us on on the uh, on our social media it's our alliance san angelo aasa uh, you can find us on facebook and on instagram so without further ado here's the interview uh well thanks you know thanks for having me i i, I saw your uh i saw some of your social media posts and I visited your studio before in the past, right? And I always thought it was really just kind of cool to see you working in here. And sometimes I walk by and you'll be working, and you know I don't want to disturb you, but I thought would wouldn't it be nice to disturb you and come and just talk art and just ask you some interesting artist questions, especially because I think you know I know here in the community a lot of people know that you had a career prior to you know becoming such a great artist mm -hmm. and you know it's really interesting uh i think when artists are able to make a transition from one side of the brain to the other side of the brain you know uh what was that like for you because you know how many years were you a physician er doctor 30, 38 38 years did you do any art during that time period i did one painting a year when our family would go to the Corpus to the beach and during the heat of the day uh, I would paint and uh, so like one painting up here of Mary was from then and that's that's like 25 years old oh wow you know so I could I could paint and and draw some uh, but the the transition was helped by Val Haig, who's a real good artist here in town. Yeah. And uh, she and her husband and I swam together every day for years, and uh, or three or four days a week. And Over at the ASU pool? Or? Uh, it's central because they coached. Oh. They were the girls' women's oh, and that's men's right. coach now. That's right. I think her husband uh, was my daughter's swimming coach. So yes. I do remember that. They, okay. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, she just said, she looked at some of the stuff I'd done, and she said, you can paint. Yeah. And I didn't really know what I was going to do when I retired and hadn't really planned on retiring at the time. Mm. But I went and painted with her, and she's really the first person that I painted with. And uh, her, her recommendation was put any color anywhere. Mm. You know, you are you are you have the freedom to, be, and she also kind of turned me on to John Nieto, and uh, he is our both of our favorite uh, artists. And I actually finally got a book right here by him that's in my library, and it was uh, it was like a hundred and twenty dollars, and we were in Santa Fe, and I, <laughs> I, I told my wife, I said, I need that for Christmas. And That's great. It's, yeah, and it's, so we see his stuff up there. But anyway, we both really liked the colors that he used. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's uh, like a Matisse painting, but even a little bolder with with the colors. Right. So, and then I, but I, uh, so she encouraged me, and you know, everybody needs some encouragement at some point. If they don't have formal training in art, somebody has to say you can do this if you work at it. And she very much encouraged me and I painted with her. She gave me brushes, she gave me acrylic paints, she told me where to get you know, discount frames, <laughs> and she really kind of got me going. So wow. when I got to be about almost 65, I was just losing interest in medicine and, and I thought, you know, I need to get out if my head's not in the game. So I rented some space at the chicken farm and started painting. And you know, nobody bought anything for about eight months. You know, they don't. So, but but I started painting uh, some stuff realistically, representationally, some stuff abstractly colored. Uh, we even did a workshop with a guy that was very abstract. Got uh, uh, him Lance Green in Colorado Springs, but. It just sort of uh, was a good experience, even though I didn't take that style of painting, you know, with me. So Val was the one that got me going. I didn't know that Val was the one that got you into it. That's interesting. She did all of it. Wow. Wow. And she definitely, you can see a little bit of that influence throughout. And did you know Mijo before she Uh, was? I did not. She was gone before I got here. Uh And uh, she was, I... I wish I would have got to meet her, but I didn't. Yeah, she was right over here, yes, just, just yes. Ra- across from you over yeah, there. Yeah, and she's she uh, she is very representational now mm-hmm. and and famous. Yeah, for you know what what she does. And one thing I really liked about her, I mean, you know, sometimes artists get a little cerebral about how they do stuff. And right. She just said. You know, they say, well, you know, I'm trying to get the movement of life through me, and I'm trying to do all this stuff, uh, you know, find myself spiritually. She says, I take photographs of, of things I want to use. She was, she was a graphic design artist, mm-hmm. so her compositions are impeccable. And she says, I, 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 I move stuff around in Photoshop. I get a composition I like. I sketch it. You know, put some little fixative on the canvas and paint it. And I thought, that's about as realistic as you could get coming out of an artist's mouth, you know, about how they do stuff. But 
she's so talented. So anyway, it's it's. Uh, uh, I wish I would have met her. Yeah, she was an interesting, lovely person to to visit with and uh, get ideas from. She was so yeah. willing to share yeah. and just talk about the yeah. process yeah. and. Yeah, she was she was really uh, really great, and it was it was nice to see her move at the same time. It was a transitionary period to her career kind of launching yes. and her becoming more nationally known, which right. was it was great to see. You yeah, know? I think she went to Dallas Fort Worth, mm-hmm. and then she moved to Scottsdale, right? And she really took off when she got such a great fit for her there too. Yes. Such yeah. a great fit for her there too. Yeah. Do you do you think that uh, living you know it, you're from here in San Angelo, yeah, correct? I grew up here. Do you think that having been in West Texas, you know, for for most of your life, uh, has you kind of gravitating towards a specific kind of palette that you use? Well, um, I I usually tone canvases if they're going to be uh, representational just with yellow ochre and I do have a palette that looks uh, uh, you know it's got a lot of earth tones in it right. and and uh, I I dial up the chroma uh, even in a West Texas landscape just because it's so uh, austere in the winter um, I mean my skies are, are bluer and, and, and they're just a little more colored but uh, I like painting landscapes from West Texas. I put a lot of stuff in West Texas landscapes when I do wildlife. And um, I uh, also did a workshop with, with a guy uh, named John Banovich. And he is super representational animal artist. And, uh, but he sort of dials up chroma and I, in this, in this uh, of uh, course, he explained how he liked to do skies. He didn't like to have real smooth gradations from, from the horizon. You know, he, a lot of times he'll do it with daubs of stuff, and he'll mix daubs of stuff, almost like a, an impressionist. Maybe smooth some of it out, but his, his African skies have more, a little more chroma in them than you would if you're actually looking at them in Africa. So, so yes, I think I think... I, what really has influenced me growing up here is I spent a lot of time on ranches, mm. and I have uh, I just loved seeing wildlife in West Texas. I love seeing cattle, not which is domestic, and horses. And I mean, I'm afraid of horses, but I like to draw. <laughs> My wife rides all the time. You have a healthy fear of horses. Yes, I have a healthy <laughs> fear of horses, and, and uh, so I like. Uh, doing stuff with West Texas landscapes, but I have traveled pretty uh, extensively. I've been to Africa six times, for example. I mean, I've been Mozambique, Zimbabwe, South Africa four times, and I've traveled in the, in, uh, the West, Colorado, Wyoming, uh, Utah, and I like that terrain too to paint animals in in their normal habitat. Like I went to Yellowstone and I wanted to find a moose, but I couldn't find a moose. So, I, But I was in a lot of moose habitat. So I got a lot of images from moose habitat and finally got an image of a moose online that I had to pay for uh, and used that for the animal 
took the took the right the ducks out of the picture and put the moose moose in the picture and and painted it. So I've been most of the places where I'm painting the terrain and putting an animal in that terrain. I mean, I've I've uh, I've seen the I've seen the country that I'm painting. Got it. Do you do you feel that I've you know I've I've noticed that you're in here quite often. Uh, you know, do you feel like there was any sort of things that you took? I'm looking right now at your studio. I see the file cabinet. Um, I see the light fixtures. I see the computer screen here. Uh, do you think that there was anything that you maybe sort of took from your career in terms of organizational habits, that type of stuff that kind of helped you grow quicker as an artist? Um, nothing really more than work ethic because you know if you're going to learn any profession there's a point where you have to study it hard and if you're going to learn any uh, new stuff in a new profession mm. you have to study hard to all the time to keep up but uh, um, like Medicine for me was a lot a feel of it rather than just knowing exact facts and that kind of thing. I mean, you had to talk to a person, right. look them in the eye. You had to figure out something about them. And so I, I, I think uh, it's, it's sort of similar to painting. They come in with abdominal pain and you have, it could be one of 30 or 40 things and you kind of have to, come up with some solutions on how you want to adapt the thing and I think that that goes to painting and there's so much to learn in painting I mean it's just so whether you come on it yourself you know that too, too very much with your stuff we were discussing that earlier yeah that you you sort of evolve and a lot of it is is struggling with something and coming up with a solution for it but there's technical things that you do. There's technical approaches. So I think as much as anything, it's a work ethic. Uh, for example, you can you have to read how to learn EKGs or echocardiograms. But when you do procedures, it's more of a feel thing. Like you repair wounds and put central lines in people and intubate people. And the technology for that changes. Uh, over the 30 some years I practiced and so you're you're sort of in a mode of constantly evolving do you feel like your confidence has gone up the the more you've been in the studio and the years have gone on where you you're creating more do you feel like more the ideas that you have about maybe wanting to capture a specific scene or you know a particular animal with you know with a certain intent do you feel like that confidence is is a lot easier to, to grab onto than it was at the very beginning? And your well, execution styles maybe a little bit more, you know, uh, without, without having to do more second thinking, you know what I mean? Yes, uh, but what I learned, and I mean from talking to you and talking to uh, Rene Alvarado and talking to Val and talking to... Uh, Morris Reese talking to artists mm -hmm. around town right. uh, that they told me early on uh, 
you're never really going to be happy with what you're doing, <laughs> you know, and there's no question about it. And they say when somebody says, you know, I really think your, your work is good or this painting is good, you still look at it and you say, it's not quite the way right the way. Uh, I wanted to. They said, if somebody gives you a compliment, just say thank you. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, 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 instead of saying, I, I'm really, you know, so when Rene Alvarado told me that he didn't really consider himself to be a painter, he was just learning. I've read comments from uh, Monet that said the same thing. And he also said, Monet also said, uh, uh, I would have never been a painter if I known it was going to be this hard. <laughs> so, somebody told me one time I was I was in um, uh, I was in Nevada, and a guy told me he, he said, "Well, what what have you done?" I said, "Well, I was an emergency physician, and now I'm an artist." He said, "Man, you went from the most stressful thing in the world to the least stressful thing in the world." And I said, "You're really off on the last one." You know, it's 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 uh, it's a huge challenge. It's there all your life. There's an unlimited amount of stuff to learn, and that's what's exciting about it to me. So I don't know if I feel better or more confident, but but it, it's I can execute something better. I can do technical things faster. But uh, for example, one thing I do now is I spend a lot of time thinking about something before I start. And when I finish, it may not look exactly like my initial initial uh, uh, concept of it was gonna be, but I, I'm starting to get knacks for compositions. And, and I, I, uh, I, I think my compositions were not very good at all when I first started. And I think they're, they're getting better, but still have a long way to go. Um, but the one thing I did learn, I got my shoulder operated on, and I learned Photoshop. And what I could do was put an animal in a scene, and I could make it bigger, I could make it smaller, I could move it a certain place. And instead of drawing a full detailed sketch, it would put me in some ballpark on how, where I wanted to put things. And if we talked about Mijo earlier, and you know, she, she will take images, photographic images of, of a longhorn. She likes to paint longhorns. And she moves them around brilliantly to come up with these compositions that are just killer. And that's what she uses. But she was, as we were talking, a graphic design artist and composition, they know where big shapes ought to be and how they should balance in a canvas and that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm getting better at that and and uh, one of the books I have says, you know, composition should be what pleases your eye. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, there's few rudiments about, you know, it's better to have three of something than two of something. It's better to have you know, a focal point at the golden mean somewhere roughly rather in the very corner of a painting. So I've learned stuff like that and I'm, I feel like I'm getting better starting that I think about something a whole lot longer uh, just to get a general idea of where I want to go with it. It may, it may turn out completely different, but I start better prepared. 
And you work with oils primarily, right? We yes. Do acrylic underpainting. Yeah, I do acrylic underpaintings, and sometimes the the uh, abstractly colored stuff I do, like uh, like the line I just did right here, um, is all acrylic. So it's it's um, this abstractly colored you and lamb rambler sheep. Uh, has an acrylic underpainting and a lot of the darker colors and shadows and some of the textured stuff that I get underneath is is acrylic so I like putting if there's grass and vegetation um, I like getting all that stuff the darker parts of the background I like it done and I do it with a big brush hmm. and I do it fast and then when I the I'll make the uh, the darkest darks I'll, I'll put them in in acrylic, I may change the value of them a little bit later, but it orients me to where I am once I start getting a lot of a lot of stuff on the canvas. So I, I put, this This was all uh, cobalt blue up here, but so I do, do acrylic underpaintings. I really like having acrylic underpaintings where there's vegetation because you'll get a darker dark and it's already dry, and then I go over it with an oil paint, and I leave some of that will show through, and it sort of just gives some depth to an animal that's laying in grass, or e even if it's abstractly colored, you know, I may, I may, uh, so I do a little bit of acrylic stuff all the way, but usually just the underpaintings. Got it. Um, not to switch it up too much, but I wanted to kind of uh, talk a little bit about the back end of, you know, having an art profession. Um, you know, you have a website, you yeah. know, um, you know, you do have a social media, you have a physical studio. Um, how much of those things did you, you know, initially think about at the very beginning or were you all just about, let me just learn as much as I can right now. At what point did the website become part of what you're doing now? Probably a year into it. And I mean, uh, my Facebook page, and I understand a lot of people, younger people never look at Facebook anymore, but but uh, it, it is the, uh, the most difficult of all of it for me. I had a guy, I was at that workshop with that John Banovich guy and, some, and a number of other artists. And there was a guy, it's called the Susan K. Black Foundation, and it's it is wildlife art. And a guy set up my webpage for me, and so and and he posts stuff on the webpage for me, and then I put stuff on Facebook, and I'm always struggling to figure out how to even use Facebook. It's pathetic. It's going to be comforting, I think, for people to hear that because yeah. you know you're you're a very well known artist here locally. Um, and I would say that Facebook is is more of a local uh, uh, a platform. A lot of locals use Facebook. Um, you know, the younger folks broadly, like you say, don't use it as much. Right. But right. locally, I would say that the folks that we interact with the most, the, the art community members, the patrons, the organizations, you know, they use Facebook quite a bit. But I think it's comforting probably to hear from you that it's it's difficult for you probably like it's difficult for a lot of artists yeah you know? like Keith Stinnett uh, who's just recently uh, great artist too yeah good palette yeah just amazing extremely and, creative and it's extremely creative and he was uh, 
actually, I, I ran, I trained all, I, tr- I organized training all the EMS people. I was director of the EMS for like 13 years. So when he came in in 1989, he was a baby paramedic firefighter. Was he really? Yeah. Oh, I and didn't know so, that. And so he was a paramedic firefighter for 20-something years, maybe 25 years. Uh, but but he was always, you know, he, he had this art thing that he could do. And so he does this stuff that is just is just unbelievable to me. It, and and uh, his wife uh, and daughter do all of his social media and his webpage. That's nice, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is nice. I thought, you know, man, I wish I had that. But I've got somebody doing the webpage. I just have to send him a digital image, and, right. get, and he gets it on there. And he designed it, and he backs it up. But... So that's how that started, and I just, I went to, uh, I came to the chicken farm, and they had an available studio, so I said I want to rent it, and it was not Mm -hmm. expensive, you Mm -hmm. know, there were no bills, Uh, I've got a a water fountain, I've got a window unit, and I've got a little gas heater, so I'm in pretty good shape for comforts here, and I've got some good natural light in it, and... uh, so I just, I went to uh, Christians in Action and I bought a great big disc. Val gave me this easel. <laughs> uh, she got a new easel, so I got, and I'm still using the easel she gave me. Uh, this and the bookshelves, uh, Val, uh, were, were stuff that uh, Val gave, that I bought at Christians in Action, got it all for $385. And they said, uh, they said, Doc, I'm sorry, it's going to cost $50 if we bring it out and put it all in there. And I said, I'd be the best $50 I've ever <laughs> spent. Yeah. My 65-year-old my, my back. So I just put in some stuff over the floor, which is the same stuff that's been here for seven years. And uh, Val would tell me when Michael's had, you know, sales on yeah. canvases, and I would go get a bunch of canvases. And because she painted big, sometimes I started mm. painting a little bit bigger stuff and she gave me brushes and she gave me acrylic paint that that I mean she just gave it to me to get started with it so I've gradually I got a, a little refrigerator and I've got about 8,000 songs on an iPod <laughs> and I've got a, a, I do a little devotional in the morning it's real it's my happy place it's a quiet place but uh, then I, I get music going, and I've got an organization to my acrylics and my oils, and I store frames in, a, in above my garage now, and I get them from San Diego Frame Company, and I get a really get really nice frames. Yeah, I can see that for for really fairly inexpensively. So. Then it all just sort of evolved. I, I realized that, that uh, I wanted a screen. So I, I, I bought a new computer and I use my old computer out here uh, and I go through all my photos and then I can put the big image, the whole image up on a, I'm gonna say it's a, you know, probably a 14 by 20 foot screen and um, it's just helpful to look at, and you can dial it up, and and so I, I've ramped up technology-wise, uh, and I've been to a couple of workshops, and so it's uh, I, 
if I'm sketching something, I can't listen to music. I, I, ah, I interesting. Can't I've, I've got it takes every morsel of concentration. Once I start painting, especially when I'm putting down acrylic underpainting, you know, I can get pretty pretty loose getting stuff on. I just want landmarks for everything. Right. And a background for vegetation and maybe I want to color a great big sky in acrylics, you know, and I'll go over it in oil, but I know some of the acrylics thrown. So I can listen, so I listen to music a lot Good. during the day. And this is sort of in front of my studio, sort of a, it's a way that people get to the silo restaurant. It's a way that a lot of all the artists move back and there. So I get to see a lot of people and people stop in and I get to talk to people. So I, I love where I physically am. Do you think that the the, the sales of your artwork uh, were helped by having a physical studio that people could walk by and meet you and, and get to know your artwork a little bit more? Or do you think the website helped more? Which one do you think I think people, helped? I think more than anything, it's like I, I've never been to your website, but I've seen a ton of your art. <laughs> so I go someplace and I see something of yours and I think, you know, wow. And then I see something else of yours. And so I've sold probably 170 paintings and probably 150 of them have been sold in San Angelo. And uh, it's, uh, as, much as, any, and as much as anything, I think somebody goes into somebody else's house or goes into a restaurant or store and they see a painting of yours. So it develops sort of by word of mouth, and Got people it. see something. Like I said, I've seen your stuff. There's uh, Jeremy. What's Jeremy's last name? Do you, well, you didn't know. You weren't familiar with him, right? Right. Well, it's he's a. It's like plein air art. He's he shows on first Saturdays with Keith Stennett, starting last first Saturday, and I was just blown away by his stuff. So people come in here and see stuff. People look at the web page. I think they see more of it maybe on Facebook because, you know, I tell people I've got 1,200 friends on Facebook. I've only really got three friends, but, <laughs> but I've got 1,200. So it's, it's, so I think a lot, of, a lot of people see that, but I think they see a lot of stuff in, you know, they may, I've seen your stuff, I think it's Shannon. Possibly. Yeah, yeah possibly. And I've seen, I see people see three or four pieces of mine when they're at the hospital. Yeah. And so they just see stuff around and, you know, people kind of get to know who you are and about 40 or maybe 50% of what I do is commissions. Uh -huh. And a lot of people don't like commissions, but they give me a complete free pass on what to do. They may say, I want this mountain on our ranch and I want sheep in it. And I sketch them up something with sheep and that mountain and say, you know, does I, I, I beat them to death, kind of get, getting what they want. And I'll even sometimes uh, do something in a pastel roughly so they can look at it. And so they have an idea of what's coming because uh, they don't know what they want when they want. Right. When they want right. They're not the artists. No, no, they don't have any idea what they really want. They say, I want some of my ranch. Right. And I like sheep because we used to raise sheep. Ah. And so I like, I like doing commissions because I like that interaction with people. And uh, I show them 
photographs as it goes through. I show them an underpainting with nothing, you know, that's got a sketch and some black grayish paint on it. And I just keep them informed as we go. So that to me is fun. Um, so it's kind of a mix of everything, isn't it's, it? It's a little, it's a little mix of everything. Yeah. And and I think that uh, I don't really know. Uh, it just sort of evolved, and that's why it evolved. But it's it's a little bit of a mix of everything. What I don't have is any of my stuff. I've got a couple of little bitty things in my house. <laughs> I don't want to look at I don't want to look at something yeah. and, and think, you know. I would have changed that, and I don't want to look at it every day and think that. So the stuff I have in my house was stuff I did before I was an artist that we had up that's not really very good, but I don't have to worry about it. Right. So uh, I uh, anyway, that's that's sort of I've, I'm putting some ads in mm. uh, a uh, a magazine that's got a lot of artwork in it it's a hunting magazine mm. but I do stuff African stuff and North American uh, game um, and people who are photographers from those areas been to Africa been to North America you know photographed grizzly bears photographed uh, black bear elk um, they they're interested in stuff like that too and yeah. they matter of fact they may be bring something in and say can you paint this mm. and you know I say yeah I can paint, That's paint great. any animal and you know then you have to kind of come up with a composition and come up with some, right. something else right. and they're usually uh, I've only had one person say I, I want you to change this and and it was somebody who had I had done it was an abstractly colored thing of a lady doing something and it was uh, uh, there was a pastel that I gave her that was exactly like the painting I just colored it in a pastel and then when I did the painting she wasn't really happy with it and I said you know this is exactly what we looked at this is it yeah. you know so I think probably if you did a lot of portraits a lot of people give them back <laughs> <Can't>. one, <laughs> one thing I learned about portraits is if you're doing a portrait on a lady and she's my age, she's 70, you know, have her bring a picture in from when she was 35 and paint that because it's, they like that more. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I wouldn't want to see a picture of myself painted right now <laughs> with, with all the saggy wrinkles on the neck and everything like that. But, uh, so I do some, I do some portraits. Some, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, uh, but most people, most people have been, been you know haven't wanted anything changed I think another thing I'll throw this in there and I know we were talking about frames earlier mm -hmm. um, I get and it's expensive to get a load of them you know if you buy a number of bigger frames but I get them from San Diego Frame Company and I think I get nice frames for way cheaper than I can get them anyplace else. They're made in Tijuana. Uh, they're ordered from San Diego. They're, they're made and boxed in Tijuana, brought back to San Diego, and freighted here. Freight, as you know, has become a lot more expensive. And so 
I try to buy uh, a group of them at a time. So, I mean, you may, uh, you know, my wife says, well, what is this $1,000 bill from San Diego Frame Company? And I say, sweetie, I've got a load of frames, you know, and they're, you know, so, uh, but I use those and I think, I think putting nice frames on something so much augments mm-hmm. your art. It's mm-hmm. just, and and if you try to go get them framed in a frame shop or you try to get something really, the San Diego frames are, are cheap, but if you don't rough them up, they look great. And if you want to get a real high quality, uh, you know, five inch wide wooden frame at a frame shop, you end up on a 24 by 36 painting spending $1,000 for a frame or $800 for the frame. So I can get big, big things framed for, for, uh, you know, with shipping and everything for $150. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And I've got a place above my garage where I store them. So I've sort of got got maybe 40 frames now so I can go look among different frames. Thanks for that. Thanks for that added bonus. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good, you can go to their website and, and uh, you can call them and they give you a password, but it's San Diego Frame Company and they can, they've got uh, plain air, contemporary, they've got bunch of choices in frames so Great. that that's who I use I learned about them through another artist well thank you for passing that on yes, I appreciate sir. that yes sir uh, thanks for having me Steve it really was pleasant visiting with you and you have a wealth of knowledge and you know you're passing it on and I really appreciate it you're yeah. willing to give give so much yeah and and let me tell you that as I told you on the phone the other day yeah. uh, people don't really know necessarily about you that you were uh you were an engineer in another life, or yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, and and you basically came to San Angelo to raise your daughter, correct? Which is amazing. You left this, you know, kick-ass career and came, and you know, you really shifted gears yourself. Yeah, <laughs> and you've been, you've done extremely well, and it's just you know, it feels good to land in a place where you're using your mind and you. Will, and, and you're challenged every day, but you will never look back on the value of spending that time with her, and she's 18 now. Yeah. And when they're 18, they move on. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she may be around you some, but she's she's not, she's in a different world. That's right. And her formative years, many of them, you were right, involved with. Yeah. You made that decision. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank you. It was quite a change to it do is. that. It was, it was, but worth it. But yes, worth it, like you yes, said, it's worth it. So, absolutely. So, uh, thank you again. Uh, you know, it's it's such a great thing to be able to, because we don't, you know, not every artist can come here and have a thirty minute conversation with you. Um, so, being able to capture that on, you know, on on this interview and and let everybody listen to what you have to say and get some knowledge and, and feel like they had a discussion with you a thing that's really valuable for everybody else especially those that are starting out or maybe wanting to make a career change yeah so I appreciate your time that's really yes. valuable so I, it's, you're very welcome and it's my pleasure and um, uh, anybody that's at the chicken farm anytime you know stop by here a lot of 
I go to Kerrville every other weekend, and so like some first Saturdays I miss. But uh, anyway, I love love for people to come come by the studio. What's your hours here? Well, it's it's depends what I'm painting. If, if if I've got something going, it may be twelve hours a day, and I could be here till eight at night. If I don't, I may not be here for two days. And I we travel a fair amount, so in addition to going to Kerrville, my wife and I kind of travel just because we're older and we're in good health. So sometimes good. I'm not here for two weeks. And so it's somewhat unpredictable. But if anybody gets a hold of me, uh, uh, my my email is on my website, which is just stevebuster.com. Great. If anybody gets a hold of me, uh, you know, I'll give you my phone number. I don't put my phone number on my website, and I, I uh, anybody's welcome to come out, and I can tell you exactly when I'm here. Thank you so much, Steve. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate you organizing all this, Alejandro. Yeah, my pleasure. Okay. My pleasure. All right, we'll see you around. All right, see you around.